This is the Read, Write, and Create podcast, the podcast where you get a bite-sized session of creative writing coaching from me, Lori L. Tharps. I'm an award-winning author of both fiction and nonfiction, a journalist, and a former college professor. I've spent more than 20 years writing, teaching, and coaching creative writers, and I created this podcast because I want to help as many BIPOC writers as possible get their stories out of their heads and into the world. Are you ready? Let's go. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be giving you a pep talk on the importance of writing retreats for your writing practice. Yes, I just led my first writing retreat, so I'm still glowing from that amazing experience. But this isn't about me. It's about you and all the benefits you as a writer will get from adding writing retreats to your writing life. Now, of course, I'm going to turn it over to the ancestors to add a little historical perspective to help make my point. Because writing retreats are not a new thing. They're not a bougie thing. And they're definitely not a white thing. So stay tuned to hear the whole story. By the way, I have a big announcement at the end of the episode, so be sure to listen all the way to the end. Hello, writers, wordsmiths, and scribes. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time here, you're welcome too. I am excited to have everyone here in the Read, Write, and Create community. And speaking of community, let's just get right into this pep talk about writing retreats. As I said earlier, I am still so pumped from my time spent in community with the eight women who joined me on the first annual Read, Write, and Create retreat in Sevilla, Spain. Now, at the time of this recording, it's only been one week since we were at the retreat, and I can literally still feel the amazing energy and good vibes that were generated during our week together. Just imagine eight strangers coming together for seven days and six nights to focus exclusively on igniting their creativity and deep diving into their writing projects. One of the women on the retreat joked that we were like the real world of writers. (laughs) And of course, by the end of the retreat, we really were all sister scribes in the truest sense of the word. And participants used words like life-changing and transformational about their time working with me. Some writers came to get clarity on their novels. One writer came knowing only that she wanted to turn her rage against white supremacy into a book that could be used as an educational tool. We had women who were ready to self-publish, and we had one woman already with a book deal in hand with a major publisher. In other words, all writers were welcome, and all of them walked away having made major progress with their works in progress. So what is it that makes writing retreats so special and so useful for the writer's toolbox? That's what we're going to get into right now. I'm going to start out by telling you what I think are the benefits for writing retreats and how and why you should be trying to incorporate attending writing retreats into your regular writing practice. So number one, let's get into the benefits. First and foremost, writers all yearn for and need to run away and write. So most writing retreats are held in beautiful locations away from the hustle and bustle of daily life. But the most important thing about the writing retreat is that they provide the time and space for you to make significant progress on your writing 
because you are actually removed from your regular routine and responsibilities. So it's that idea of running away from real life. Remember Maya Angelou's practice of going to write in a simple hotel room every day, even though it was in her same city? By putting herself in a separate space, she was able to get into her writing headspace. She understood that one needs to separate yourself from real life in order to get into that perfect writing flow. You don't have to do dishes or laundry. You don't have to help your kids with their homework. You're not squeezing that writing time in after work or before you go to work. Netflix is not an option. When you're on a writing retreat, it's all about the writing with no distractions. Number two, second benefit, it is location, location, location. Sometimes just being in a different location surrounded by physical beauty is all it takes for your mind to get more creative and the words to just start flowing. The physical beauty can actually stimulate your brain in a way that leads to improved creativity. So that's why your writing retreats are most often in, you know, tropical spaces or places with incredible physical beauty. Like in the United States, there's lots of writing retreats in New Mexico or in the mountains, in the Catskills, in the mountains of North Carolina. But again, it's that being surrounded by beautiful locations that gets your mind flowing in ways that just doesn't happen when you're rolling out of your ranch house in the suburbs. No disrespect to the suburbs. Next, community connections. Did you know that writing in community has actually been proven by academic researchers to do a few important things? One, it increases writer productivity. Two, it improves the quality of one's writing. Three, it leads to an increase in writing collaborations. And four, this is super important, writing in community increases writers' confidence and sense of competence with the written word. Seriously, again, this has been studied. This is not hearsay. This is not conjecture. This is not anecdotal evidence. Researchers have actually studied this and found that writing in community does all these really important, amazing things. Personally, I have witnessed it so many times at my own retreat that I just held, but also in the retreats that I have participated in. Writing retreats literally provide a boost to our fragile writer's ego, which so often, you know, even if you've written many times before, we're so often burdened with a sense of imposter syndrome. But being at a writing retreat, you are seen and treated like the writer you are. And you're celebrated for pursuing this noble art of wordsmithing, wordslinging, and storytelling. You may walk into the writing retreat feeling intimidated, maybe a little scared, but if it's a good retreat, you leave with your dedication to the writing life stronger than ever and your soul aflame with the determination to keep writing. And hopefully that flame continues to burn when you have to return to your regular life. So, I hope those benefits are enough to get you excited to actually contemplate really making a commitment to adding writing retreats to your regular life. But let's take it back for a minute and see how our literary ancestors looked at writing retreats or this idea of running away to write. Obviously, all the benefits I just listed, you know, writing in community, being in beautiful surroundings, getting away from the hustle and bustle of regular life and all of the routines that keep you from writing. Yeah, none of that's new. And none of those things are particularly 
mind-blowing as to what the benefits of being in a beautiful location and how that's going to help your writing life. So the idea of running away to write is not new, but it's not always been possible, particularly for BIPOC writers in the United States, who too often faced economic barriers and systemic racism to ever take part in something like a formal writing retreat. And also, life would just be lifing like it was for everyone else. The daughter of Harlem Renaissance poet Helene Johnson reflected on why her mother, for example, stopped writing so early into her career. She said, quote, the reality of everyday urban life of working at a job and supporting a family took my mother away from her writing. When people asked my mother why she stopped her major flow of writing at such a young age, she said, in order to create, a person needs time in which to do nothing to simply stare out a window and let thoughts come to them, unquote. It's really interesting. Helene Johnson's daughter actually created like a residential retreat for writers of color. It's called the Renaissance House Retreat. I'll leave a link in the show notes because BIPOC writers can go to the Renaissance House Retreat and have a beautiful place to stare out the window and write. I love that. Now, While African-American writers were often historically not allowed to go to some of the formal retreats that were available for white writers, it doesn't mean that they weren't figuring out their own ways to run away and write. You know, I always say, well, I don't always say it. People always say that Black people always knew how to make a way out of no way, right? So for people like Langston Hughes, he knew that traveling stimulated his writing always. So he would take any opportunity he could to find a way to travel the world and fund his writing. From being a war correspondent in Spain to being a translator in Mexico, Langston Hughes found his voice on the road and always found ways to travel so that he could run away and write. We all know the story of James Baldwin, that he left the United States so that he could be free of not just the hustle and bustle of daily life, but the oppressive racism and homophobia. And when he went to France and found that freedom, he also invited his other writer friends to come to France with him and to write. So it was almost like he was hosting his own writing retreat for others. Richard Wright, another example of a Black American author who went to France, but then because he lived in France, when he was looking for inspiration to write, getting away from his everyday He went to Spain looking for inspiration, and the result was a book called Paying in Spain. Zora Neale Hurston was offered a hotel room to run away and write in California to write her memoir, Dust Tracks on the Road. If you haven't read it, you definitely should. Now, her biographer, Valerie Boyd, suggests that much of that memoir is exaggerated, but you can imagine Hurston was given this beautiful hotel room in California, all expenses paid, so she could just write in luxury away from the responsibilities of paying rent and everything else. So, Our literary ancestors understood the assignment. They understood that if they could get away from the realities of real life, even when it was hard, that was where their best writing happened. So even if it means leaving the comfort of your familiar, even if it means doing something that you're not used to, sometimes the best thing you can do to get your words onto the page is run away and write. 
So how do you incorporate writing retreats into your writing practice? Do you have to become a war correspondent like Langston Hughes? Of course not. But it does take planning. It takes time and it takes money. You don't have to do 10 retreats a year. Ideally, you do one a year if you can. Think of it like an annual requirement to keep your writer's soul in good order, like a tune-up for your car or your annual doctor's visit. Usually, most writers' retreats for the entire calendar year are all set as of January. So you can start looking for a writing retreat that fits in with your schedule and your budget starting in January. People know that writers are going to need that time a whole year to start planning. So you can start looking at your calendar, your budget, and start kind of parsing through a list of writing retreats that might be interesting for you. Lucky for you, I do have a list of writing retreats specifically for BIPOC writers on the Read, Write, and Create blog. I will be updating that for 2024 very soon, so you can really just go through and see. It's arranged chronologically, so you can look, you know, if you know you need a summer retreat or a fall retreat, you can look at the options that are available. Now, when you're looking at retreats, you should obviously look at the costs and the schedule, what works best for you. If you're a teacher, summer retreats might be the best for you. You're a freelancer, you have more flexibility with time. But you also want to look at things like, who is the retreat for? Is it for emerging writers? Is it for advanced writers? Is it specifically for novelists or memorists? Is it for poetry? Just make sure you're figuring out what you need in a writing retreat because not every writing retreat is the same and not every retreat leader is the same. So be sure to do your due diligence and look for testimonials about the retreat leaders and the venues. Sometimes a person leading the retreat could be a great author but might not really be a great teacher and vice versa. So again, look for testimonials, maybe start following the retreat leaders on socials so you can get a sense of who they are and to make sure it's a right fit for you. The other thing is that as you're thinking about how to incorporate writing retreats into your regular writing practice, remember that you have options. If the idea of traveling overseas or even across the country is too expensive for you, or maybe you can't take a full week away from your life, consider a weekend retreat or a three-day retreat. There are lots of options that people are offering, and there's also scholarships available. So that's a really good reason to start planning early to take advantage of scholarships and financial aid because, again, people recognize that if you are trying to live a writer's life, you might not have a lot of disposable income. So there are options to make it more affordable for you. Shorter retreats are available, weekend retreats, and sometimes even daytime. There's like a one-day retreat that can also be extremely helpful to get the same benefits, basically, as you would if you were taking a longer retreat. Another option that will cut down on costs is an online retreat. Now, you don't get that same, you know, running away from home, going to be in a beautiful venue as you would if you were attending a retreat in person, but it still can provide the content, the feedback, and the community connections that a retreat would offer. So that's another option if you are stuck on either time or money. And then the other option, if you are, you know, struggling to find the perfect retreat for you, maybe because of cost or time, is to do your own retreat. You can do a DIY retreat. I actually wrote a post about how one can schedule a DIY retreat, but just the basic idea is to find your own hotel or Airbnb, 
that you rent for yourself and just take it as a time where you're going to spend time focused on your writing. Now, you can augment this by taking a couple of writer friends with you. That way you can split the cost of the location. You can hire a chef to come with you, again, if you're splitting the cost, or you can take turns cooking. You know, basically make it up yourself based on what you need. And by doing a DIY retreat, you can control the cost, the time, and the location so it all works for you. Again, I will leave a link into the show notes for where I really spelled out how you can arrange a DIY retreat that works for you. So once you consider all these things, once you have booked your retreat, you've signed up, you've made your deposit, or you've organized your own DIY retreat, the thing that's really important is to stay accountable to your plan. Find a friend to go with you. Make the goal public. Tell everybody that you are going on this retreat so you don't back out and you don't last minute change your mind. Create a separate savings account for the funds that you want to save for the retreat so you can watch it grow. And just make sure that you are constantly telling yourself that going on a retreat is not a luxury, that it is part of your writing practice. At the end of the day, I know it still is a privilege to be able to run away and write on a retreat especially for BIPOC writers who have systematically been left out of organized writing retreats in the United States. So yeah, it feels like a privilege and it is a privilege, but that privilege should be used and not rejected because it is a privilege. That's why I'm doing my part to highlight retreats specifically for BIPOC writers. We know the multiple positive benefits of incorporating retreats into our writing practice, so we should be trying to figure out how to make it a possibility because we want all those benefits. We want to invest in our careers so that we can achieve at our highest potential. Now, I think our literary ancestors would love to see us taking advantage of our opportunities to run away and write. Yes, like I said, it's a privilege. And this privilege is one that us taking advantage of is saying to our literary ancestors, we saw you, we heard you, and now we are doing what you could not do. We are immersing ourselves in our work. We are freeing ourselves from the monotony and burdens of our everyday life so we can be better writers. The way I see it, when BIPOC writers go on writing retreats, we are embodying our literary ancestors' wildest dreams. hope you guys enjoyed today's pep talk about writing retreats. But more importantly, I hope I've inspired you to try to incorporate writing retreats into your regular writing practice. In 2024, I am planning on hosting not one, but two read, write, and create retreats for BIPOC writers. Dates and locations are not confirmed yet, but there will definitely be another Southern Spain location with a Black history component. And the second retreat location is still to be determined. So stay tuned for these announcements in the coming weeks and make sure you're signed up for my newsletter because I always announce everything there first. All right, so we are at the end of the show and I promised a really big announcement and here it is. Woo-hoo-hoo, I'm so excited. Okay, so you know this season of the podcast, we've been talking a lot about community. Even today, when we are talking about retreats, we're talking about community. We've talked about finding your own writing community. We talked about the sisterhood, that famous writing group made up of our literary greats like Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, Barbara Jordan, among others. 
And even Marita Golden, when she was on the show, she talked about starting the Hurston Wright Foundation because she knew Black writers needed community. Well, you could say I'm following in Marita's footsteps and I'm taking inspiration from the sisterhood and I'm officially launching a read, write, and create community. What's it called? It's called The Sanctuary. I love it. So The Sanctuary will be a private membership community for BIPOC women writers. That is women writers who identify as Black, Brown, Indigenous, Latina, Asian, multiracial, and or some other manifestation of the melanin rich. The Sanctuary is a safe space for women who yearn for a writing community that is inspiring, supporting, nurturing, and centers the needs and experiences of BIPOC writers who want to get their words and their stories into the world. Think feedback group, professional development, sister friends, and creative writing craft talk all presented in a BIPOC-centered space. Now, I'm still tinkering around, fluffing the pillows, arranging the flowers, practicing my gumbo recipe, and otherwise making the sanctuary the welcoming community I envision. Yes, it will be a virtual community, but we're going to be doing everything we can to make the connections real and heartfelt. By being a member of the sanctuary, you will get live workshops on craft, the business of publishing, wellness, and more. There'll be a book club, accountability groups, and a monthly salon to share your work with a live audience. Sanctuary members will also receive discounts on all Read, Write, Create retreats and additional programming. And there's so much more, but I don't want this to be a infomercial for the sanctuary. If you think, though, that being a member of the sanctuary sounds like just what your writing life needs, please join the wait list. The link is in the show notes, so you'll be the first to know when the doors open in the next few weeks. Thank you for listening to this award-winning podcast. If you are looking for more resources, recommendations, and inspiration to help you optimize your writing life, please visit the Read, Write, and Create website at readwriteandcreate.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter because I send out a monthly list of opportunities for BIPOC writers that include jobs, open submissions, residencies, grants, and fellowships. We also now have a dedicated Instagram account at read, write, and create. And that's read, write, and C-R-E, the number eight. Be sure to follow that account because it's where all things read, write, and create will be announced, including updates about the sanctuary and our upcoming retreats. Before I let you go, I have a writing assignment for you. It's a form of micro nonfiction. Yes, I want you to use your thumbs and write a review for the Read, Write, and Create podcast on Apple Podcasts. I promise it takes less than a minute to hit a star and write a few words telling others about the show. I really appreciate you taking that time. I love all the DMs people are sending me, so please keep those coming. But help a podcaster out and leave just a review for the show. I appreciate it, and I thank you. The Read, Write, and Create podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor is Brad Linder, and our theme music is by Wattaboy. I'll be back in two weeks on Monday. Until then, keep writing. <laughs>